everyone, and welcome to the Texas Hemp Coalition podcast. I'm your host and executive director, Alyssa Nolan, and today we have some wonderful guests with us from the Texas Panhandle. We have um, the crew at Cap Rock Family Farms. I'd like to introduce Mr. Kyle Gogger. Um, how are y'all doing today? Doing great. Good. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. It's getting really, really hot in Austin. I'm sure y'all's weather's a little bit better in Lubbock. I don't know. It's yeah. hot here. Yeah, it's hot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember in my, I went to tech for grad school, so it would be like in during the day it was hot. And then at night it was like the most amazing, cool, crisp air in the world. It is, but we don't have the humidity like you do. Yeah. Well, I'm also from East Texas and I, humidity, it'll just like cut right through you. Well, that's great. Well, what I would love to do is hear more about Caprock Family Farms, you know, how y'all got started and and really your path towards growing hemp in Texas. Well, we're a farming family and we've been farming since 1995. Uh, we grow cotton, peanuts, uh, peppers, wheat, and we have a bunch of organic land. So over the years, we've always looked for another crop to grow to diversify our operation. And so we started growing hemp a couple of years ago outside. And uh, out here we have winds and dirt and with hemp, you know, it's sticky. So dirt just sticks to it. So we, we decided we can't grow it outside. So we moved it inside and, and started growing inside. What, um, I know you're growing inside. Could you explain a little bit about your growing operation inside and maybe something that sets y'all apart from other grow houses in our state? Well, we, uh, we rented a warehouse and we started building rooms in it and so where it was, it was airtight and sealed. And then we brought, we put up lights and uh, built tables and hung dehumidifiers and humidifiers and CO2s. And we just watched a lot of YouTube and learned how to do it. And uh, so we just grow inside and, and I don't know if we, if we're set apart from anybody else, but, uh, we like to think we have a great operation here and, uh, the product, our first product came out really well. So, so we're excited about the next crop. Well, I love that you guys come from a farming background and, and you grow a lot of other row crops, you grow organic crops. Um, what, what practices have you brought with you from, you know, growing these other crops that you think has maybe gives you a little bit more of an advantage for growing, you know, hemp and cannabis? Well, I think, uh, you know, we irrigate all of our crops and, uh, I think, uh, having to know when a plant needs the water, when it needs fertilizer, uh, just, just all around what a plant needs. Um, we're, you know, we're a little more educated on that than other people that are starting to grow. I think that's a valid point. Um, and I know that everybody's talked about this. A lot of individuals that are farming are in the hemp industry, they're farmers for the first time. This is their first time growing any type of crop. Um, you know, it's, it's a different plant to grow it. I think it takes a lot more time and nurturing. Would you agree? It does. It's, 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 you have to look at it every day, take care of it every day. Uh, one major difference between hemp and, and what we do out in the field is, uh, is trimming. We, we aren't used to trimming and that takes a lot of time. And, and drying as well. Are y'all, are y'all hang drying everything? 
Yes, we hang dry. Uh, we put it in a room. It's, you know, just like YouTube tells you, 62 degrees, 60% humidity, uh, dark, and we dry for seven to 10 days, and then we start curing after that. So you said that, you know, the majority of what you do are growing indoors. Do y'all have any plans for the future growing outdoors? As we know, Lubbock is, and around that area is really good for growing fiber strains. Or is that an interest of y'all's in the future? Yeah, I think we'll look at the future right now. Uh, the big deal is the manufacturing plants. There's just nobody around to really make it feasible to, uh, to do it right now. Um, but I think a lot of people... A lot of farmers in our area really are um, excited about it. It's just they need somewhere to go with it. And, you know, with manufacturers, are we, I know that there was a group that has been discussed that has something in, I think it's in Slayton. Have we seen, have y'all seen them working on anything as far as manufacturing with fiber? Yes, I've been to that plant. Um, What they do there is uh, it's kind of unique. They, they plant their seed with a drill in fields and it has male and females. And I don't really know how it's working, but after it's all done, they go in there and they, they swath it with a swather and bale it, put it in bales and they haul it and they dry it over there at their facility in Slayton. And then they run it through a plant and it separates seed fiber and uh, flour. So they have three different products when they're finished uh, manufacturing that to where they can, instead of, when somebody, when somebody says, hey, we just need seed, they can ship them seed for oil. If somebody needs fiber, so it's already separated out and it makes it just, they said it's easier to, to get rid of that way, to sell. Do you think for your operation, if that's something that y'all go towards, do you think that this is the type of facility that you would need to utilize? Or do you think that you maybe would vertically integrate it within your own business? I don't think we'll integrate it with our business. Uh, we're more into the, the smokables, the, the, you know, the CBD things that'll, that'll help people with uh, elements they have. Um, but definitely, definitely in the field, we will definitely in the future be growing some hemp in the field. Well, you talk about, you know, helping people and, You know, I know that one of y'all's motivations for getting started in this was, you know, that you had seen individuals using the oil that, you know, you saw the effects that it had given them. So can you talk about some of the products that you have at Caprock Family Farms that are on your website um, that you partner with retailers on that you really feel like, you know, people in your area are using and then they're seeing positive effects? Yeah, I'll tell you what, I'm going to, I'm going to let Zach, my son, answer that. Okay. Uh, I have exceptional kids. They're 22 and 18 years, or 22 and 20, and they are, they are exceptional. So I'm going to let him answer that. He's better qualified to answer that. Than yeah. I am. Uh, so my name is Zach Gauger. And uh, to answer your question, we, we've been doing the CBD oils for about three years now. And uh, we've had a couple of clients or customers that uh, they use it for all different types of things. There's some customers, uh, some of ours that use it for MS. There are some that use it for arthritis, anxiety, uh, to help with sleep. And they all love it. And we get feedback from them all the time. And uh, there's some stores here in town that, uh, that white label our oil and all of their customers love it as well. Um, we just... I just, we just have a good time in tra- helping people out, especially with our oil. And then when our smokable line uh, 
comes into fruition in a, in a month or two, we'll have the, I guess, the instant gratis, grati, uh, gratification that the smokable gives you instead of the waiting for the half-life of the oil to build up in your body. Right. Um, but yeah. We, we have, we have uh, oil salves, uh, lotion. Um, we're going to have gummies, uh, pre-rolls, flour, and uh, disposables disposable vapes uh i think that's it all of our yeah, yeah that's everything our, our new our new line that's great well y'all are moving along and you know i think that your name itself is recognizable to the area that you're from um the cap rock and i think that a lot of people are going to see and what people want as we know is there's this whole farm to table movement where they know where their hemp is coming from do y'all see that being a huge marketing element for y'all as where you're from we do, uh, especially it started with the oils. Um, we talked around, did talk to people, and they're really worried about what where it's coming from. They, they don't know where it's coming from, how it's made. Uh, but with our oil, you know, it, people can come see what we do. Uh, they know it's from Lubbock, Texas. Uh, same way with our hemp. Uh, you know, all these smoke shops buy everything from California, and they want local. They want Texas. Main thing is they want Texas. and and you know, from being from Texas that, you know, Texans help Texans and, and they want Texas products. So that's what we're finding out. I agree 100%. You know, we have that, this program here in Texas called Go Texan and you have that little emblem on your product. And, you know, I can see us in the future with international sales and hemp and people wanting Texas hemp and Texas products. I mean, they want it from so many other industries in Texas. I mean, y'all know that coming from row crop industry. Yeah, we do. And, you know, uh, we talk to people all over the country and, and everybody's excited about it. They, they, like, like you said, every, everybody's kind of envy of Texas. Uh, heck everybody's moving here. I mean, you know? <laughs> so, please, please stop moving here. Just let us. Yeah, stop moving. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. So everybody wants Texas. I agree. Well, you know, I think it's very cool that y'all have a family operation and you're kind of leaving a legacy for your children and also diversifying your crops. So I'd love to hear more from you and your boys about how do you think that Caprock Family Farms is going to be able to go into the future with how everything is changing with the hemp industry and what are some of y'all's long-term goals? Um, well, our main goal is, is education. So like, especially in Lubbock, there are a lot of people don't know about hemp. They, they think it's marijuana. And we really want to educate the population of Lubbock about the plant and the effects that it has on you and the science behind it and, the, and destroying this, the bad stigma that it's had for 50 years since it was outlawed. And our, our main goal is education, but we would love to in the future, expand that education out of Lubbock and really be the, the front runners of education for hemp all over the nation and internationally. That's, a, that's really our main goal is education. Yeah, we, we've noticed uh, in the, it, just in the past year how things have changed. Really, people are, are uh, really changing their minds on hemp. Uh, you know, you see it all the time. CBD, everybody wants to know what CBD is and and it's kind of funny if you show that you show that leaf and everybody has a stigma of, oh, marijuana, marijuana, but 
it's just changing people's minds. And I think it's happening. I think things are starting to turn. I agree. You know, it's when I think back to 2015, when they first brought the hemp bill to Texas and, you know, they brought it, I was a staffer and they brought it to our office. And I just was like, you know, this is interesting. I never really thought about it, but I can see how maybe this could be something that our farmers could use in the future. And fast forward to 2019, when we finally passed the bill and we finally got to start working on it and we've seen people growing crops, it's just a completely different attitude for, from our legislators, from the people in the public. And, you know, we've, we've been on the offense for so long in the state of Texas with this issue of legalize it, let us grow it, you know, let's follow the federal guidelines, but now we're on the defense. So, um, and I know that, when we're talking about on the defense is the minor cannabinoids that are out there, the other products, have y'all seen any pushback in the Lubbock area on issues maybe to where people are still resistant? Uh, Yeah, I I think so. I mean, we're in a very uh, controversial area of the world when it comes to this product. So like people who are in their late seventies and, early 80s you know they they don't even want to listen and that I mean that's okay you know but like we said it's just about education and they need to know the great things about this plant this plant is is magic it it does amazing things you know you can use every part of the plant for different products and uh the big thing here like whenever we were saying you see you see the effects on people that you know and and how how much better they feel throughout the weeks of using the product you know and uh you can't you can't hide the um what am i trying to say the positive effects that it has on people i get it you can't hide it so just getting people to try it is it's such it's such a big step you know and then you let the product speak for itself and I think that's the big thing about us and just education, like you said. I think a lot of people are tired of pharmaceuticals. And, uh, and I think that's really helping a lot, uh, especially in the older, older generation. You know, they're giving it a chance because they are tired of pharmaceuticals. I, I agree 100%. We see more and more people with, you know, diseases you talk about like MS or people with anxiety Um, even though we have the teacup program here in Texas, still children with epilepsy, sometimes people feel a little bit safer using a, uh, an isolate, you know, a a tea free oil for their children. So I think you're right and right on the money. And I think what's important for our listeners to hear is, you know, we talk to a lot of people within the industry that are from an urban area, but you guys are from probably one of the most conservative areas in the state of Texas. And I can only imagine the looks on people's faces when you say, hey, look, we're diversifying our crop and we're growing hemp, but we're growing it indoors for smokable. We're going to have gummies and all of these things, but you're, you're wanting to educate them, which I think is amazing and awesome. So knowing that y'all are from a conservative area and knowing that this is something that, you know, you want to see go into the future because you're, you're starting this family legacy with the, with the rest of your farm. What have you seen maybe with how the program is run or legislatively that you think would help your farm in particular as a farmer, as a, 
somebody who has to deal with this heavily regulated crop, what is something that could help you change to where it, you know, it wouldn't cost you as much that it would be a little bit more of a positive experience. Maybe you wouldn't be as regulated. I, think, uh, I, I really think, I don't think a, the cost of uh, growing hemp is that drastic. I mean, you know, you know, a medical marijuana license in Texas is $750,000, but the hemp license is a hundred bucks or $300. Right. You know, I don't think the cost is really an issue. I think it's that whenever you have questions, there's no one to call. So we've, we've had questions about, are we doing this legal? Because we really want to follow, follow the rules. Uh, and there's no one to talk to, uh, like, uh, at the USDA, you call somebody in the in the hemp department, and I'm using air quotes, the listeners can't see it, but in the hemp department, and they don't even know anything about hemp or or the or the regulations that they need to tell us, you know. And so what what we've really been doing is is we've been following a, a hypothetical moral line, you know, and to where we think that we're not. Uh, we're not doing anybody wrong and we're doing everything for the right reasons. And I really think that they need to get that the legislature, the legislature, they need to get caught up with the industry, the, the laws, they need to be caught up because everybody's so far ahead that we're paving the way. And uh, this legislature is trying to chase us down. And that's really that's really the the grievance that we have is there's not enough information to do things the right way because there isn't a right way yet. Uh, if, if you can understand what I'm trying to say. I think uh, also being uh, in agri- agriculture area, area since 1995, dealing with FSA, USDA, the main problem, and it's like any other thing in the state of Texas is, uh, the state tries to do everything as cheap as they can, and especially in like the FSA offices. They've they have just bled those offices to death, and uh, they are understaffed and overworked. and And there's constantly every year there's constantly new new uh, things that are coming out, and the ladies have to learn it in the FSA office. It's just like. You know, we were we were wondering, do we have to do we have to certify this with the FSA office since we're in a building and we call Austin? Nobody can answer that. So then we get an email one day. It says you need to certify your your crop at the FSA office. Well, we call the FSA office and the lady knows nothing about it. So it's just everybody is so understaffed and there's just not enough people. They need somebody that's just strictly hemp. I think it's getting big enough to where the state of Texas could probably bring in some people to, to handle that. I love that you just brought that up because we've been having conversations about FSA. I can remember um, after the first growing season in Texas, the majority of farmers out there had no idea that they had to report their acreage grown to the FSA office. And so it was, you know, after that year, there weren't accurate numbers. And so it's, you know, if you're saying that as somebody that, you know, you are aware that you do that with other crops, you know, how can we better, and in your opinion, how can we better educate other farmers in the industry to where they know these are the, this is what's required of a farmer in the state of Texas for crops, whatever else. 
Yeah, you know, I just thought about that. You know, you're asking earlier, what what advantages do I have of growing hemp as being a farmer? One of the advantages is knowing what to certify. I mean, I never thought about, uh, you know, somebody that's just starting to grow hemp. They, they don't even know what an FSA office is. So, you know, uh, education, I, that's the only thing I, I would know maybe when you're, when you're looking at your video to get your license and uh, maybe he, they talk about it. There's so many things that they're not talking about on that, on that video that you have to get your license with. Maybe they need to, to look back and, and maybe ask some people in the area or that are in the, in the, in the industry about what things they need to, to put out there. Well, I have a feeling that with y'all being new board members of the coalition, that we'll definitely be able to have that conversation with those agencies. And I think that the majority of our listeners that are out there, everybody's having these same issues, right? They don't know who to contact. They don't know what protocols to follow. There's a lot of gray area. Um, I know that transport manifests are an issue as well. I mean, you know, what are your opinions on those? What do you think would work better for y'all? The manifest that that's a pretty ridiculous price and, and having to get manifest for every little thing you do. I think it's, it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, you know, we have, we have four varieties we grow. We have to get a manifest for each one of them to put them in the same envelope to mail, to, to get them tested. Uh, so it's pretty aggravating. And, and I understand that you need a manifest. I do understand that, but, uh, but it needs to be less expensive, more, it just, there's just too much of it, I yeah. think. Or even, or even get a manifest and it lasts longer, like get a manifest to where you have a, a time frame where you can move everything and you just pay one lump sum of like a hundred dollars as, as it is right now, but not have it specifically towards that variety or towards that lot crop. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I, I really haven't thought about that before, but that, that's a good point. Like just maybe make it longer, maybe make it cheaper. There's a lot of things they can do to where it's not as, as tedious as it is right now. Yeah. And another thing we're, we're looking at, at, we're growing fast enough where we're looking at another warehouse, probably uh, 300 yards away. Legally, we'd have to get a manifest to move a plant from one warehouse to another. And you can walk and, there. Yeah. And I can walk there. So it's just, it, it's it's kind of they're overdoing it i believe yeah and i think that's a lot of what they have to hear from farmers and i know our goals with this next legislative session is trying to come up with these issues you know having a cleanup bill as what we call it putting these things in there that would help the farmers an all-encompassing transport manifest it's a one-time fee can work for a certain amount of time um you know working on you know y- y'all you know, grow indoors. So you have more harvest than the majority of other farmers who maybe just grow once a year. So um, I'm going to ask a final question on, you know, sampling and testing. Um, do you think that there are things that could be fixed within the sampling and, and testing part of what you guys have to do? Cause I'm sure you're having to test a significant amount of time with your crops to be able to harvest them. Yes. We, we test, uh, well, we send them to Jesse Curves down in Dallas and uh, New Bloom Labs. And uh, I, the thing I would like to see is, is trying to get that point three up just a little bit. Uh, you know, we, we can take samples a month before we harvest, but you know, that's really, it's kind of cheating the system really. Uh, you really need to, to really be knowing what that, what your, 
to really get it to be exact, you need to raise the point system a little higher so you can you can test a little closer to harvest. Mm-hmm. And and whenever we're testing, you know, you get your your uh, your USDA test a month before, and then after you harvest and cure, you have to get your full panel, and that's another another test that you have to do. So if you can push that back later and raise up the 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 THC um, level, then you can you can get the full the full panel and the USDA test at the same time. And it won't, it won't be, uh, you won't have to get more manifests and you won't have to pay for another test. You can just get everything at one time. And that would, that'd be a a lot more convenient and maybe a a little bit more, uh, a little bit less scary for the new grower, you know? Right. Just get nickel down to death. That's what we're doing. (laughs) I understand that. And I know, and it's interesting because y'all have, y'all farm so many other crops is you don't necessarily have to deal with that. It's right. uh, you put it in the ground, you let it grow, you harvest it, haul it off, and that's the last time we worry about it. Exactly, and this is a different beast. So I can imagine probably all first season, you're like, "Whoa, we yeah. exactly <laughs> we did yeah. not know." Um, well, I've really enjoyed y'all being on here today, and I think y'all are a breath of fresh air, and um, I think y'all are going to be continue to be a successful farm. So my last question is for all of you is what are you most excited for in the future of Caprock family farms? The growth. Uh, we're just excited to grow. Uh, we're excited to, to uh, teach people, educate people. And we're excited about being on the, on the board. Yeah, I agree with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we're excited to have you on. I think you're going to help a ton. I'm really appreciative that, you know, First and foremost, y'all are agriculture people. You are farmers. You This is a generational family thing, which I think is pretty cool. So if anybody out there is listening to this podcast and wants to find you guys, what's the best way for them to purchase your products and to get in touch with you? So you can, uh, to purchase our products, you can go to caprockfarms.com. Um, and you can also follow us on our social media. We have Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, YouTube. You, and our YouTube. Don't Those are all Caprock Family Farms. It's uh, it's either caps or no caps. That's really the only differentiation of all of the the handles for th- those. Um, but if you'd like to get our products, you can go to caprockfarms.com. Yeah. On our on our YouTube, you can go check out our grow. We talk about the grow. We we, t- we really like show people how how to grow in inside because man that that was the hardest thing getting your getting your room into and with your routine, you know, having it meshed together into one moving system. So we talk about that on YouTube and we talk about what do we feed the plants? How do you trim a plant? So we talk, we talk about everything. So I think our YouTube is, is very helpful. Yeah. We just like to have fun. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Just have fun. I appreciate it. And y'all are learning and growing every day. Well, thank you guys so much for being on here with us. And uh, we will all see each other again soon. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. Have a good day.